Hallelujah. Come on, let's relish in this presence this morning. Come on, let's relish in this presence this morning. I don't want to do anything. Man, I don't want to do anything this morning to disturb the Spirit of God. Let's just continue this worship of Him. Holy God, O oh Savior. Lord Jesus, God, Father, we thank You, Lord. We come before You, God, as a people, Lord, seeking Your face. God, seeking Your image, seeking Your truth, Lord. God, O oh Father, thank You, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church, let's reach out to Him this morning. Let's get a hold of this thing today. Let's get a hold of this thing today. Come on. My God, we're not here for anything else but to get a hold of God and to get a hold of the truth this morning. We're just here to get a hold of the truth this morning, to get a, get a hold of it. You know, that's why we come in the church, is to get a hold of truth to make us free from everything that keeps us bound. Come on, we're here to get free this morning. Amen. Whether you realize it or not, serving God or not, we're here to get free this morning because we're still bound to some things. We're still bound to some things. Come on. Hey, man, we're bound. We're bound. We got a law. I'm going to borrow, sister, what God revealed to Sister Susie. There's a law that's got us bound. Hey, man, but there's another law that gets us free. Come on, let's get into that, that freedom. Let's get into that freedom this morning, church. Let's get into that freedom this morning. There is freedom in the Spirit where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty Jesus, mighty God, mighty Savior. God, Lord, make us free today in our minds. God, make us free today, God, in our spirits. God, Lord, if nothing else happens in this service today, God, you make us free today, Father. God, make us free today, Jesus. God, that's what brings in the new creature, God, is the liberty, Father. God, it's the liberty of the Spirit, God. That's what makes us new creatures, God. That's what makes us brand new. Is that liberty in the Spirit, Father God. And we've experienced some, but God, there's much more that we have yet to taste of. Oh God, Lord, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy God. Come on, church, let's enter in this morning. Let's enter in this morning. We have got no program. We don't have anything that we have to do this morning. The only thing we got to do is come before the King. That's the only thing we got to do this morning is come before the King. What happens from there is under His control. What happens from there is under His control. You know, we present ourselves before a King, but if He doesn't grant us access to come in, we aren't coming in. So let's just get before Him this morning. Let's just get before Him this morning. Holy God, oh Father, Holy King. Oh God, Lord Jesus, we're before you, Father. Oh God, we're in need of you this morning. Jesus, we're in need of you. Oh Jesus, we're in need of you, Lord. Holy God, hallelujah. Oh, if y'all could see what I see it in the Spirit right now, come on, let's just tarry a minute. Holy God, let us just tarry a minute. Holy, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, God, Lord, let us tarry before you this morning. Father, Lord, let us find your presence. God, Lord, let us find your presence this morning. God, let us find your peace. Let us find your truth, God. 
Lord, let us find your liberty and joy in the Spirit, Father. God, you have given us a great land, God. You have given us a great land, God. You've delivered it, God, into our hands, Father, Lord. But the adversaries, Lord, have come against us. God, doctrines of man, God, and religion, God. Father, bondages, God, of this life, Lord. God, they've set up strongholds against us, Father. God, they've put things in our way, Jesus. They've opposed us, God. They've refused to move, Father, Lord Jesus, God. Though, God, we command it, though, though, Lord, we tell them we serve you, God, they refuse to move. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I know. I know, Father, that if you'll just utter your voice, Lord, and send us forth, God, we will devour the adversaries. Holy God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, God, if you'll just utter your voice, Lord God, and send forth thy word. God, I know, Lord, that you will devour the adversaries. God, will tear down the strongholds, Father. God, it will set at liberty them that are bruised, God. Lord Jesus, we will preach deliverance to the captives. God, the recovering the sight of the blind, Father. Holy God. Lord, and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. God, Lord, but we're waiting on that uttering of your voice. Holy God. That word of the King that cannot be reversed and all that oppose it are cut off. Holy God, Lord Jesus. Father, we come before your throne, Lord. God, we come before your throne, Lord, seeking that edict to God. Seeking that holy command. Lord Jesus, holy God, we're seeking that holy command this morning. Oh, mighty God, hallelujah. My Jesus, my God, hallelujah, come on. Let's get into this this morning. My God, do y'all not feel the working of the Spirit? My God, if He was to just utter His voice, how easy this would be. Come on, if He would just utter His voice and just speak His Word, everything would fall down before us. Hallelujah. Everything would fall down before us. Hallelujah. Mighty God, hallelujah. Mighty God, Lord Jesus. Utter that word, God. Speak that word. Holy. Mighty Jesus, mighty God, mighty Savior, my Lord, my King, my God, my Lord Jesus. You're holy God. You're righteous. God, you are pure God. That word is truth. Holy God. Oh, mighty Jesus. Mighty Jesus. Mighty Jesus. Come on, church. Let's tarry in His presence this morning. Let's tarry in His presence this morning. There is a working of the Spirit in here today. There is a working of the Spirit in here today. God's wanting to do this in us. He's wanting to do this work in us. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that if we wait, man, if we wait on that uttering of His voice before we go forth, Hallelujah. Mighty Jesus, mighty God, my Lord God. If we just give ourselves completely to Him and just let ourselves be at complete liberty. I mean, my God, let's lose ourselves in the Spirit today. Let's lose ourselves in the Spirit today. 
Hallelujah, man. God is just doing something. We just got to lose ourselves to it and just give ourselves over 100%. Whatever it is, whatever it means, whatever it takes, God. Whatever it takes for us to get in that realm to where we don't care about anything but His Spirit, that's where we need to go this morning. That's where we need to go this morning is into that place where we don't care about anything but the Spirit of God and what His Spirit wants to do today. Man, the liberty that's in that place. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty Jesus, mighty God, mighty Savior, Lord God, Your liberty, Father. God, Your liberty, Lord, that's what we're looking for, Jesus. That's what we're looking for, Jesus. We're looking for that liberty. God, we're looking for that liberty this morning. Father God, that liberty, Jesus, of the Spirit, God, that absolute freedom. God, that absolute, God, transparency of the Spirit, Father God, where there's no catches, God. There's no, God, there's no laws of man. I don't know how to describe it. Man, there's nothing to hold us back, God. There's no catches. Man, when you speak your word, Lord, that's it. That's what it means. There's nothing, God, to catch it, Lord Jesus. There's nothing to say, well, I meant that, but you can't do this. No, you said it, Lord. God, it's your word, Father. Holy Jesus, it's your word, Lord. God, and your word cannot and will not return void. God, it will accomplish everything you sent it to do. Holy God, hallelujah, this word will not return void. Hallelujah, this word will not return void. God will not let his word fall to the ground. He has spoken a promise. He's spoken a season. He's spoken a time. And it cannot be changed. It cannot be reversed. Hallelujah. God is going to do it. Thank you, Jesus. God is going to do it. God's going to do everything he said he was going to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said He's going to do everything He said He would do. There's no taking it back. There's no taking it back. There's no changing it. There's no, there's no transferring His Word from one season to another. If He's uttered a word for a season, that word will be fulfilled in its season. You know, Psalm 1 talks about fruit coming forth in its season. Man, we've got to have... We've got to wait on the season. Amen. And we're in the season. Hallelujah, we are in the season. Hallelujah, we are in the season. Come on, we're in the season where God is going to do things. Amen, we are in the season where God is going to make Himself real to a people. And He's going to set at liberty. Amen, every one of us that's bruised. Hallelujah, He's going to set at liberty. I'm telling you, He's going to set at liberty everyone that's bruised. That's what I keep feeling in, the, in my spirit this morning. And I'm not talking about... Outside the church, yeah, I believe that. But man, we have been so, if you can follow with me, we have been so bruised by religion and so bruised by doctrines and things. My God, we have been so bruised and not necessarily a bruising like you would get like an emotional bruising or like a wound like somebody did you wrong. That's not the kind of bruising I'm talking about. I'm talking about a bruising that has still hindered us. Amen. That's the type of bruising. Not that, you know, somebody's done you wrong, Brother Thomas. Not that, you know, not that kind of bruising. Though those bruisings happen. I'm talking about a bruising that it still keeps us from going forth. Amen. 
Our spirit's been bruised. It's been battered because it's been beat down with, no, you can't do that because it doesn't line up with religion. No, you can't do this because it, it doesn't work that way. Man, it, it doesn't work like that. But my God, there's a doctrine of the Spirit. Amen? There is a truth in the Spirit. Man, and that truth is what's going to set us free. Amen? That's the truth that's going to make us free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my God, we've got to have that. We've got to have that. Amen. And we've not done anything in intention to be bound or anything in intention to be bruised or anything in intention not to go forward. Man, every, I believe every person's desire in here is to go forward and to possess this kingdom. Amen. I believe that is the purpose of this church. That is the desire of every person. Amen. Everybody that looks for truth, that's what they... Man, they're looking for truth. They're looking for truth. And God is going to reveal truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I was praying this morning. I said, God, I said, I want a baptism of truth. Amen. I'm serious. I want a baptism of truth. Amen. I want a baptism of truth. Amen. I've got a measure of the Spirit of truth within me. That doesn't, I have no doubt about that. No doubt about that whatsoever. I've got a measure of the Spirit of truth within me. But I also know that there are many things that are wicked that want to blur the truth, Sister Susie. It wants to blur the truth. Man, but I want a baptism of truth. I don't want to, man, I don't want to hold a mic a certain way or say a thing a certain way. I'm serious. Come on now. We get in habits. We get in form. We get in religion. Whether we mean to or not, we get in a certain way because you know what? It's the way the Spirit moved us at one time. And then when the Spirit doesn't move us at that one time, we try to make the Spirit move. Amen? We try to make the Spirit move a certain way because that's what we're used to. That's the way it moved us at one point. But you know what? God moved the people at one point by the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. But then at another point, He moved them by the Ark of the Covenant. Amen? At one point, He moved them by Moses. And then at another point, He moved them by Joshua and the tribes of Levi. Amen? That's the way God moves. There is a present truth. Amen. There is a present truth that we got to get a hold of. And it's not that anything wasn't the truth before, but it's a changing and a moving. Amen. God moved us. Brother Elders, when He, when he saved us or whatever you want to say, He moved us. He moved us. Amen. Come on, anybody that's had an experience with God sometime in your life, you have been moved to do something. You have been moved to prayer. You have been moved to dedications. You've been moved to fasting. You've been moved to attend church. You've been moved to sing. You've been moved to do something. Amen? Because why? Because the Spirit of God moved you. Amen? I mean, was there some decisions we had to make? Yeah, of course. But you know what? There was a moving of the Spirit within us. And so now the Spirit's trying to move us a little different and we're saying, no, 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 no. But God, that's not the way I did it before. You know, and I feel like I've, I've heard this ever since I've been in church, Sister Kathy. I mean, I feel like I've heard this. And it sounds, you know, it kind of is like, man, am I, am I, 
Am I just pre- saying the same thing? And I, I, you know, I mean, come on, are y'all with me? It feels like I've heard this 50 times over, and it's like we still ain't got it. <laughs> we still ain't got it yet. <laughs> but it's been by measures. And then God's been moving us away from doctrines of man and falsehood in measures. It's been a little bit at a time. Because if He tried to do us all at once, it would never, it wouldn't work. Man, we'd be all messed up. <laughs> we'd be all messed up because we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be able, Sister Susie, if God was to say, I mean, just think about it this way. Not that everything that we've ever done is wrong. We've done a, we've done a lot out of good intention. But if God at any one point was to tell any one of us, everything you're doing is wrong, we would be scattered and we wouldn't know how to even begin to trust what truth was. You know, we wouldn't even be able to say, well, God, I feel like you're leading me to do this, but you told me everything I've been doing is wrong. How in the world am I supposed to do anything now? You just told me everything was wrong, so that must be wrong. (laughs) You'll see what I mean? If he was to just take everything away that we had ever known to be truth, everything away that we'd ever known to be what we call the movement of the Spirit, then, man, we'd we'd be crazy because we wouldn't know where to even begin. Amen? But man, God is beginning something in us to change us. And He's already, He's been doing a change, but He's beginning something different, I believe, to change us and take us further. Amen? He wants to take us further. Paul said in Galatians 1, when it pleased God, who called me by His grace and separated me from from my mother's womb to reveal His Son in me. Amen? And I believe he goes on later and he might say it in Galatians 1. I can't remember. I believe it is Galatians 1 where he says that this revelation that I have, neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by man, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. By the Spirit revealing it. That's how Paul had the revelation he had. Because God revealed it. Not because Paul said, well, God, you've moved me this way before. I'm going to move this way to try to get you to move again. No, he waited on the Spirit of God to move him and send him forth, man. He didn't, get, he didn't just go into Arabia just because, because he avoided Jerusalem. Amen? Man's knowledge says go to where the knowledge is. Go to Jerusalem. Go to where the knowledge is. But the Spirit said get away from everything where knowledge is. Get away from everything where people think they've got it figured out to where they... Obey the law. Get away from this kind of stuff. Separate yourself and get away from it that I can teach you the truth. Amen? And that's what God wants to do is He wants to teach us the truth. Not that we cut off every connection with every person in mankind, but in the Spirit, we got to find, I guess you could say, we got to find our desert to be in the Spirit so He can teach us. Amen? Just like He taught John the Baptist. I know y'all heard that. I mean, I know he's, I believe he's ministered that here. Our pastor's ministered that about how that John the Baptist was taught in the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And Jesus, the same way, was taught in the wilderness by the Spirit of God. Man, God wants to take us in a place where He can teach us the Spirit by the Spirit. Because we're trying to learn it by the letter. And the letter ain't going to cut it. Because it, exactly. It says the letter kills, the, kills it. Amen? But we've got to have it by the Spirit. Amen? We've got to have it by the Spirit. And that's what I want this morning.
Amen. I just want it by the Spirit. That's all I truly want. It's by the Spirit. Amen. Now, Brother Thomas, if you, I feel I've been feeling in prayer. If you would, if you feel uh, led to come on, I'd, I'd like you to come and do however you feel. I just, I've been feeling it in prayer. And I'd like to have you take us the next step. Amen. Thank you, Brother Christopher. Amen. I, I don't have just testify for a minute. Amen. But we were praying this morning, and it just seems like I've just it's been my constant prayer is, Lord, change me change me and i know that seems like christopher said we've said it over and over and we've heard it preached us over and over and when he said do we get it and sometimes I, I look at myself brother christopher and i go have i really got it you know am i getting what pastor i met pastor in 2012 and my life has never been the same since but it's because i didn't want it the same I could have stayed the same. I could have stayed bound in the same doctrine, could have stayed bound in the same stuff. You know, it's still free will. But there was something stirring in me that wanted change. And I still want change so bad. And every week, this word just brings a little bit of change. And it just seemed like, and I, I was just praying this morning, and it was just like I was stripped down. I remember a few years ago in, in the community we live in, they had donated a metal building that used to be the fire department. They had donated it. And we, all the volunteers got together. We had to tear it down and move it to another place. We had to put it on a new foundation. But we tore every sheet of metal down, every two before, everything all the way down to the bare foundation loaded it up, moved it to another place, and built it on a new foundation. And you see, we build ourselves up sometimes. And, 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 and kind of what, I'm just going to kind of testify here a minute, and I don't want to hold Pastor up, but we get moved within ourselves sometimes by only what we've been taught. As a young man, I was took to a certain place and taught a certain thing. That was all I knew. That's all I knew within myself. And when they build a building up, they build it up a certain way. Well, when you move it over here, you build the same building but on a different foundation. And sometimes God takes us, Sister Susie, and moves us from one foundation to another. And I'm not talking about a different foundation other than Jesus. We build ourselves up sometimes on the wrong foundation. And in 2012, when I met Pastor, I began to understand that my foundation needed some work. Amen. I was building upon something that man had taught me. I'm not criticizing any denominations or anything, but I was not building on the foundation I needed to build upon. I was building upon doctrines of men, traditions of men. I was building upon things that were not going to stand. And then I learned to start building upon Jesus. One of the hardest things for me is to ever just let go. How many people are control people? You have to have control. Amen. And we get that way where we have to think we have control of all things. I have learned in the past few months, if I can just let go, if I can just let go and let God. I had a young minister tell me one time, just let go and let God. And I'm like, you know, I just let that go in one ear and out the other and never really let it soak in. But when you start building upon the foundation that the apostles and the prophets built upon, with the chief cornerstone being Jesus Christ himself, when you build upon a right foundation, that will stand. That is present truth. 
And we've been building and we've been building. And every week I feel like here, God is building something stronger. And I was praying right back there this morning. It was just rolling in my spirit. And I, I don't know, I can't remember exactly where this is in the Old Testament. But they talked about building a sure house. Amen. They were building a sure house. I want a house that will stand, that is built up on a correct foundation. Amen. That has everything that it needs. That present truth. That's exactly what we need. That's what I'm getting here. I'm hungry for it. The Bible tells us, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I take that as a command. I'm hungry this morning. I'm hungry for His Word. Amen. I'm hungry for His Spirit. I've been led by men long enough. I've been led by doctrine of men, traditions of men. But when I met Pastor, amen, things changed. If He's taught me anything, He's taught me to be led of the Spirit. You don't get that in a lot of places. A lot of places says, follow me. And I know Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But a lot of people say, follow me, and they're not following Christ. Amen. Pastor leads by example. Amen. I'm not building him up somewhere. I'm building up what Jesus is doing to us in this church. Amen. If we'll be submissive this morning to let God build us, let God build up a sure house in us, Brother Donald. We've got to give ourselves this morning to be built up on. Amen. How many wants to be changed? How many needs renewing this morning? Transformed. Don't ever let me get complacent. Amen. Don't ever let me get like water that just sits, that don't move, that gets stagnant. I don't want to be that. I want to be that forever changed, ever moved. But the hardest thing is when God starts moving us, we get resistant. Oh, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I'm telling you, submission is a word easily said, but very hard to do. When God wants to move you into a certain place or move you into something, you want to hold on to what feels good, what you've known, what you've been taught, amen. But God has to move us sometimes, and he has to pluck us up to move us, and it hurts sometimes. But if we could just let go and let God, we will reap the rewards of it. If I'd stayed where I was at, I'd died. I'd died spiritually. I'd just drawed up and died. But God has moved us. And he's starting to work in us. I see a work in people here every week. God's working something, Brother Christopher. Not here, but in Alabama. I watch the services from Alabama. God's working a work, and there's unity. When you start seeing the unity, you know God's moving people as a body this morning. Amen. I love Jesus this morning. Would you stand this morning with me as I give this over to Pastor? Amen. Would you just this morning just draw with Pastor? Help him this morning. I love you, Pastor. Bless you. How many of you glad to be in the house of the Lord? I mean, you're truly glad. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's an excitement in my spirit today. Hallelujah. Because I see God moving and I see Him changing things. It's like Brother Thomas, you want to die? Stay where you're at. You'll die spiritually. Lord showed me way back near to 40 years ago. I was riding out in the country and I seen a pond. You know, you can drive by ponds and the, so you see that scum over them. You're stagnated and like, like a gray film. And the Lord told me. He said, unless water's going out and fresh water's coming in, he said, you'll stagnate. 
People have stagnated in their beliefs and their walk with God. They've absolutely stood still and died. I refuse to stand still and die with the life that God's placed down in here. And that's what I'm going to deal with today. There's a, there's a revealing of the word and a life that God has placed in us. And it's time to do something with it. It's time to do something with it. And I'll tell you real quick. Second Kings, I believe it's 7th chapter. When those lepers were sitting outside the city. Famine was everywhere. There wasn't no food in the city. There wasn't no food where, we, where they were. The Syrian army had the city surrounded. And they, they were sitting there talking. And they said, well, there ain't no food in the city. There ain't no food right here. Said, the only place we know there's any food out there in the Syrian army. So, if we go out there and ask them for food, they might kill us. But if we sit here, we're sure going to die. So they looked at one another and said, Why sit ye here until you die? What's it going to take to move God's people and put them in action? Or are we just going to sit still and die? Hallelujah. Will you go to prayer with me? Says Susie, you okay? Okay. I don't think so. I really feel a burden for Okay. God's God. Hallelujah. I just didn't want you to be down physically. If you, if you are, I'll pray the prayer of faith for you. But there's something working in the Spirit. And if y'all will hear me today, something fixing to explode. I feel it. I feel the working of the Holy Ghost fixing to just explode. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Will you go to prayer with me? Mighty God, I petition you by your name, Jesus, to bring an awakening in the hearts and the minds of your people. I petition you this day, Holy God, by your word in your name, Jesus, you said, make your request and your petitions known unto him. And I make my request and my petition known unto you this day. And I ask you, mighty God, to stir the very hearts of your people. And let there be a fire and a burning of your spirit. Get a hold of our hearts that we can no longer be still. Let it be, Master. That it, the word of God become like fire shut up in our bones. That no longer can we sit by and watch people stay bound. No longer can we be still. God, and let these doctrines and commandments of men hold us back and rein us in. But there be a very life and a fight in the strength of your spirit. Possess our souls and bring us forward that we can fight the good fight of faith. Let it be, Master, that thy will be done in this service today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Give me some volume up here, son. I'm straining. Y'all can go ahead and be seated. I'm, I am so glad to be in the house of the Lord. I tell you, I had such a great service with Brother Mark Waldrop down in Jasper, Alabama the other night. And I don't know, something just happened. And I kept telling uh, Brother Michael uh, drove me down there from Fort Payne. I kept telling him all the way back. I said, I felt like something walked in the service. I just felt like something stepped in. Felt like something just moved in. Hallelujah. And had a young man there that messed his knee up playing football. He's a senior in high school. in this, he done messed it up before. And he was limping on it and couldn't hardly walk on it. And I laid hands on him. The Lord had me minister to him because he's got a great call on his life. And I just asked God to heal him when I got through. I said, how's your knee feel? He said, oh, it ain't no problem. <laughs> just started moving it all around. Hallelujah. And, and I don't know, it's just the word that I declared because the word I spoke here last week about all these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that people fall and pray to, man, that thing got on me. And, and the Lord began to show me that the greatest opposition to the kingdom of God is the spirit of witchcraft and sorceries. When Philip went to Samaria... The thing that withstood him was a sorcerer with witchcraft. When Paul and Barnabas went to the Isle of Paphos, and he was going to speak to the, the county deputy, there was a man with him called Elimaeus or Bar-Jesus by interpretation. He was a sorcerer. And the Lord moved in my spirit. And I know I've quoted this up here, and I might have even preached on it, but 1 Peter 4.17 says, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. In two or three days last week, I kept hearing the Lord speak in my spirit, for the time is come. For the time is come. It ain't coming, it's come. That judgment, not will, not going to, not maybe, but must begin at the house of God. Amen. And if it begin where? With us. With us. And then God took me to Ezekiel 8 with a six men clothed in linen, had destroying weapons in their hand, and one had a rider's ink horn. And he said, Go out, go, Mark. Mark everybody that's sighing and crying and praying. It's crying out against the abomination in the land. When he went out and marked everybody, he said, Now, those six with them destroying weapons, you go. And everybody that ain't marked, he said, you slay them. He said, I don't care if they be old, young. He said, I don't care. But you know where he told him to start? The ancient men. You start in the pulpit. You start in the house of God. You get the ministry cleaned up. God's cleaning up the ministry, Brother Thomas. You mark my words. I don't know if I read this last week or not, but I'm going to read this out of Malachi 3. Still feel like I'm straining, Brother Philip. I don't know what's going on. Is that air conditioner on over there? Okay. I know I'm hot. Maybe I'm just hot. Malachi 
And I'm not going to read the first part of this, but I am going to read, starting in verse 3. That's too loud. Y'all with me in Malachi 3 and 3? And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi. That's your ministry. That's your ministry. You hear me? That's your ministry. And purge them as gold and silver that they may be an offering unto righteousness unto the Lord and an offering that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years. Now listen to verse 5. And I will come near to you to judgment and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against the false wares, against those that oppress, the hireling and his wages, the widows, the fatherless, and they that turn aside the stranger from his right, and fear not me, saith the Lord. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. When I read verse 5 right here, the Lord said, this is the ministry you got today. He said, you got sorcerers, you got adulterers, you got false swears. Y'all remember when I preached that? It ain't been just last week, a week before, I preached on Ezekiel 34, told you the word of the Lord come to me. And God told me to prophesy against these shepherds that were doing these things. When I read this, God said, I'm fixing to be a swift witness against the adulterers, against the sorcerers, against the false wares. He said, I'm fixing to be a swift witness against them. Why? The time has come. It ain't going to come. It is come. It is come. And when Ezekiel cried out, we'll be under the shepherds. There were no shepherds in Ezekiel's day. There were no shepherds in Ezekiel's day. The only thing they had was prophets. They had the high priest, but they didn't do that. They wasn't spoken to by the Lord, not very many of them. When Jeremiah, in seven, eight places in Jeremiah, cried out against the pastors, there were no pastors in Jeremiah's day. It's talking to our day. Jeremiah was talking to our day. Ezekiel was talking to our day. Are you hearing me? And God ain't going to let this pollution move into this kingdom. And you can tell these, whatever they call themselves, they better get their house in order. Because the hand of God's fixing to set down on them. I done seen it. I done know it. And I done started prophesying against them. I done started speaking this. God moves me in the spirit. Says, Susie, I'm going to prophesy against them. Ain't no man got any business standing in the pulpit and then going out committing adultery. Ain't no man got any business standing in the pulpit. And this is what the Lord showed me. And I brought this out to y'all. I don't know if y'all remember or not. But the Lord showed me ministers started out right in the gifts. Started out right in the anointing. And when they let up in their anointing, they let up in their dedication, they let up in their relationship with God, the gifts they had went over to sorcery and witchcraft. And there's preachers right now. Some of them, y'all sit in their services. That they operate by spirits of divination. Operate by soothsaying spirits and witchcraft. Just like they did when Philip went down Samaria. That man named Simon withstood him. Of a long time, he bewitched people with the sorceries. And they said, this is a great man of God. <laughs> Still going on today. 
Still, oh, Brother Metter, I'd know. Uh-huh. You better check yourself. You better check yourself. You better examine yourself, see if you be in the faith or not. You better examine yourself. You better let God, Spirit, put a warning in you when things ain't right. People get mad at me because there's preachers I just won't work with, and I ain't going to work with them because their life ain't right. Their life ain't right. They ain't dedicated. They, ain't, they just ain't right. And I'm going to preach the truth. If i got to stand by myself, I'll preach the truth. You can't find a lot of preachers that their name's been cast out as evil for standing for righteousness. But mine has. You can ask people about me. Why don't people like Brother Metter? What, what is it about him that they just don't want to... Oh, Brother Metter's a man of God. Brother Metter preaches righteousness. Brother Metter has miracles. Brother Metter has deliverance. But yet I get reproached for it. That's all right. All I can say is bring it on. Bring it on. Hallelujah. Because I'm determined to fight the good fight of faith. And see, the thing about it is, God's put me in a position of leadership. And Brother Thomas, it don't matter what's going on in my life. It don't matter how bad I feel. It don't matter who turns against me. It don't matter how discouraged I get. It don't matter what's happening. You ain't never going to know it. Because I'm going to keep preaching the truth and fighting for the faith. I'm going to keep declaring the gospel. Hallelujah. I may walk out here so beat down, so discouraged, so aggravated and upset with people that I'm ready to tell the Lord, if this is what it is, I don't want it, but I won't do it because I know God ain't got nothing to do with what's going on. And I will preach the faith and I will stand for truth no matter what happens. See, can't let emotions move you. I don't serve God by emotions. I serve Him by the Spirit. And you let what people are saying about you and chastising you and how they're coming against you, you let that move you, that's emotion. That's emotion. You're being governed by your sense knowledge and your sense faith. I ain't governed by my sense knowledge and my sense faith. I'm governed by the Spirit of God. And I will stand. Hallelujah. By God's grace and help, I will stand. And I will preach this truth and I will fight for this faith. Hallelujah. Because I believe God. Amen. I believe Him. So we got a, we got a lot we got to deal with. Did y'all hear me? We got a lot we got to deal with because the devil's on the move. And you look around, evil's everywhere. Ungodliness is everywhere. Perversion is everywhere. But part of it's our fault. Ooh, y'all got quiet on me. Y'all did. Y'all got just quiet on me. You know why it's partly our fault? We ain't opening our mouths and saying nothing. We can complain about the lack of a move of God. We can complain because ain't nothing happening. We can complain because God ain't moving. But what are you doing? What's happening in your life? 
Are you withstanding false doctrine? Are you withstanding false teachings? Are you withstanding the forces of the enemy? Are you out there opening your mouth when you know people are being led falsely? Are you just sitting back waiting for something to happen? Ooh. Y'all better buckle the seatbelt and hang on. It could get rough around here. I saw a t-shirt a couple weeks ago and I told my wife, I said, you need to buy me one of them. She said, what? On that t-shirt it said, this should come with a warning label. Hallelujah. And I'm warning you. Some fish can get a hold of the true children of God. And I can feel it already working. Y'all get around me out in public, I might shame you. Because I'm tired of corruption. I'm tired of evil. I'm tired of doctrines and traditions of men that's got people bound and got the truth bottled up in us till we're scared we're going to offend somebody so we don't do anything. Whoo! First Timothy, sixth chapter. Says Pat, these folks find out I'm preaching homecoming, they may not come. <laughs> Do what? Good. Just tell them what happened homecoming. Don't tell them who's preaching. Let me see where I want to start here. Verse 11 of 1 Timothy 6. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. If you go right above that, you can read about the things Paul told them to flee. And follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnesses, witnessed a good confession that thou keep these commandments without spot unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me to Second Timothy, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to the fifth verse. I still sound like I'm straining, Brother Philip. I don't know what's going on today. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. I told my wife one time, I said, if, if I die before you do, and I said, we don't see the Lord come and take us into this kingdom, I said, that's what I want on my tombstone. I've fought a good fight, and I've kept the faith. 
You can't find a lot of people that's kept the faith. But Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. I'm going to finish the course God gives me to finish. I hope it's possessing this kingdom. If it ain't, I'm going to get awful close. <laughs> but there's one thing you can rest assured. This mark will be in your life to possess this whether I make it or not. I don't know if the Lord's going to let me make this, but some people are being marked to possess this kingdom and to go forward in the movement of the Spirit of God. This is what God began to put in my spirit yesterday afternoon. There's something that's been taught to God's people and has got them fighting trying to stay saved. Trying to daily keep a salvation experience. And they talk about fighting for the faith. They talk about I'm fighting. No, you're deceived. There ain't no reason for you to be fighting to stay saved if you truly understand and accept what Jesus Christ has done. Paul didn't teach no junk. New Testament don't teach no such junk. Are you hearing me? It don't teach no such junk. It teaches you to fight for the faith of God to be established in people's lives. And I'm talking about unbelievers. Or I'm talking about people that have erred and been brought into false doctrine. It don't teach us that we got to fight to stay saved every day. There's this attitude among people call themselves Christians that they in some kind of a fight and a warfare that they, they, they've been beat down, they've been discouraged, they're having to fight just to stay saved. Something wrong with your relationship with God. Something wrong with what you're being taught. I don't teach no such junk, and I'm not going to teach any such junk because there is a finished work of Christ. There is a work that Christ has finished that has put you in the place when you accept Him that if you believe Him that the works of Satan have been destroyed. Bible says in 1 John 3 and 8, He that sinneth is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Are y'all hearing me? He destroyed the works of the devil, and they're still destroyed to the believer. The enemy's going to fight me, but I ain't going to fight him. I don't have to. He's going to fight me with everything he's got to keep me from possessing his kingdom. He's going to do everything he can, Brother Thomas. He's going to cause me heartache. He's going to cause me sorrow. He's going to cause me upsetness. He's going to cause me grief. I, I think it's in Psalms 55. I'd have to go back and find it now where it's talking. And I believe it's Jesus talking about, said it wasn't an enemy that has done this to me. It wasn't an enemy that has wounded me or put these wounds in me, but it was a friend. It was a close acquaintance and an associate 
associate. It was one I went to the house of God with. It was one that I loved and respected. That's the one that cut me. That's the one that wounded me. That's the one that hurt me. That's the one that tore me up and rent my heart. It's always going to happen that way because the enemy knows where to come at you at. He knows. But thank God through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We've been given victory. We've been given victory. Let me see if I can find this scripture. Hallelujah. Do you love Jesus today? Man, I feel power in this word. I feel power in this word. See, I know where people are at. Are y'all hearing me? I know where people are at. I know what they. I know what they're going through. In 1994, God took me into a dream, Sister Susie, and He showed me filth, sin, and perversion in the ministry from the bottom to the top. He said, "You walk away from it." Preachers I'd fellowshiped and worked with for twenty-something years. God told me, said, you walk away from it, don't you look back. Said, son, clean, I ain't got nothing to do with it. If you want to walk with me, don't you have nothing to do with it. And oh man, I got, whoo. <laughs> I just didn't get talked about. Y'all ever seen anybody run a spit through a pig and put it over the coals and barbecue it? I got roasted. I got lied on. I got talked about. My name got cast out as evil because I stood for righteousness. I remember one man, I was supposed to go to his church and preach. He called me up and he said, I don't want you to come in my church and preaching that, that word on sin in the camp. I said, why not? He said, I feel like you're talking about a good friend of mine that I got a lot of confidence in. I said, have you listened to that tape? He said, yeah. I said, did I call any names? He said, no. I said, what did I talk about? He said, adulterers and fornicators and liars and thieves and perversion and evil. And I said, do you think that relates to that man that you got confidence in? <laughs> he said, I I sure do. I said, buddy, I'd be finding me another mentor. I'd be finding me somebody else to follow. I'd be finding me somebody that's going to set an example of holiness and righteousness and cleanliness. I wouldn't be picking a fight with a man that's living righteous and holy and trying to walk with God and living clean. I wouldn't be doing that. Hallelujah. And I've had, buddy, I got put out. I mean, I got doors closed on me all over the country. I, some of them in other countries. I, and I was set aside and ostracized. I, my name was cast out as evil. I, I become the scum and the offscouring. I, I become a reproach to the name of Jesus. I, and didn't nobody want to undo with me. She said, Brother Matter, really? Oh yeah. And they still won't leave me alone. 22 years later. <laughs> that was in 94. Still won't leave me alone 22 years later. You know why? I'm a thorn in their side. I'm a standard of righteousness. I'm going to hold up that blood-stained banner of Jesus. I'm going to stand for righteousness. And I'm going to teach you to fight for the faith. 
Paul didn't say I was fighting to stay saved. He didn't say I was fighting to keep a relationship with God. Paul said I am fighting the good fight of faith. I'm fighting for the faith to be preached. I'm fighting for it to be revealed. I'm fighting for a standard of righteousness and godliness to be settled and established in people's lives. I'm going to the Gentiles. Are you hearing me? And that's what I heard my son quote that scripture in Galatians a while ago. And that's what Paul said. He said, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. He said, immediately, hallelujah, when that happened, he said, I knew I was going to go and preach him to the heathen. We keep trying to get all this religious folks saved. We keep trying to stand up against religion. My God, go after some sinners. Go after somebody bound. Go after somebody sick. Go after somebody diseased. And if he's religious, fanatics, get in your face. Withstand them. But you got to know what you believe. You'd be surprised people don't know what they believe. I'm serious. I run into a man. This is back in the 70s. I'd preaching on the radio. And I come back by a little restaurant and I stopped get me something to eat. I've been fasting a few days. Stopped get me something to eat. And I noticed this couple bow their head and pray over their food. So I went over and just started talking to them. Didn't watch TV, didn't listen to radio, didn't read newspaper. I said, what do y'all believe? Well, the Lord sent them out two by two. I said, yeah, but what do you believe? Well, the Lord sent them out two by two. I said, yeah, but when he sent them out, what they preach? What do you believe? He couldn't tell me what he believed. I said, where y'all go to church? He said, we don't have a church. He said, preachers come to our home. I said, Really? He said, yeah, just like they did in the New Testament. They travel around and they come two by two. I thought, boy, you one whacked up fella. <laughs> you one messed up dude. So they had a meeting and I showed up. And boy, I put ripples in the pond. <laughs> I rocked the boat. Because good people are bound by doctrines and traditions of men. It's time to take a stand. It's time to take a stand. Are you hearing me? God don't care what you've got to go through. Ooh, that didn't feel good, did it? Y'all want me to say it again? God don't care what you've got to endure. He don't care what kind of heartache and trials and troubles and upsetness you go through. It didn't matter to one God one bit. I nearly died in December 2014. He let it happen. He stepped back out of the way and let it happen. You know why we guarded it and didn't let nobody know? Because people's mouths going to talk. Going to talk. Bible lists nine gifts of the Spirit. There's a couple more. There's spirit of gossip. There's a gift of gossip. There's a gift of gab. Who y'all quiet on me today? You know what? Well, we used to define it 
Or there's people standing on the front porch and lick the frying pan back in the kitchen. Long tongues. Cast your name out as evil. Run you down. Talk about you. Don't know nothing about you. When I started a church in Fort Payne in 2000, God told me to. They got to telling everybody in Fort Payne my first wife was an alcoholic. Somebody come and told me that. said, Brother Matter, is your first wife an alcoholic? I said, have you met my wife? They said, yeah. I said, that is my first wife. And my only wife. She ain't no alcoholic. Not yet, no how. She had to live with me a while. <laughs> me standing for this truth and preaching. This put some pressure on you. But you know, I've told people for years. Ministry is 99% mental. It's the warfare. It's the hell you got to face. It's the heartache you got to suffer. It's how you got to just grab hold sometimes and take a hold. Walk through everything the devil can dish out. But God will put you there. See if you're going to stand faithful. He'll put you there. See if you're going to stand true to his word. Does it feel good? No. It don't feel good. I mean preachers I've worked with for years. And going to churches have revivals. Raised thousands of dollars for the church. Called me up told me I wouldn't welcome in their churches no more. Called me up and told me if I was going to preach on sin in the camp. I said, well, you don't think there is? Oh, we think there is. We just don't want you preaching on it in our church. <laughs> so I told one preacher, I said, I don't have preaching sin in camp in your church. He said, well, you come on in. I'll let you preach tonight. I went in there and the Spirit of God hit me and I preached faith, healing, and deliverance. Walked them aisles, got healed, delivered, set people free. I ministered to them. Got through preaching, received the offering, got ready to turn it back to the pastor. I said, they're still sinning in the camp. <laughs> I don't compromise. God tells me something. I mean business. And it's time to quit holding your peace. People are looking for the realness of God and they don't know where to find it. Religion has let people down. Religion has bound people up. Hallelujah. Let's look at 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. This may not be in my notes, but I feel a fight brewing. And y'all feel a fight coming on? Hallelujah. Devil's mad and I'm glad. Because I'm a soul he thought he had. Oh, the devil love. For me to mess up and bring a reproach on me. Because the devil brings reproach on me, Brother Thomas, it caused a lot of people to fall. It caused a lot of people to give up and quit. My mother-in-law texts me first thing yesterday morning. And she said, you better check your Facebook accounts. You've been hacked. I said, okay. So I took my phone in there and gave it to my wife. And I said, go in there and see what's going on. I said, it's got to be something perverted about a woman. She found it. She didn't open it, but she found it. She deleted it. She went and blocked and changed my password. I don't know how they got, but they put something perverted and evil on. So I just turned around and 
put up a post. I said, this let y'all know I've been hacked. Those of you that know me know I don't do no such filth. And I said, but this is my prayer to whoever done what they done. Paul said, Alexander the coppersmith has done me much evil. The Lord record thee according to thy works. So let God reward him. You say, Brother Metter, did you forgive them? I don't know who they are, but I ain't got nothing against them. But the Lord's still going to reward them according to their works. See, we've had this love gospel preached so much, we're afraid to stand up for anything. We've had this spirit of, oh, you got to love. I can love them, but I can still preach the truth. I don't have to love the sin. I can hate the sin and love the sinner, and I do. But I'm not going to back up from the truth anymore. Y'all got yourself a brand new pastor today. (laughs) So here's where I'm at today. Verse 6 of 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. If you're there with me, say amen. Let me know. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, is shining in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. Y'all see that? Yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mort in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Are y'all ready for something to happen? Then I'm gonna pray for God to loose string of your tongue and start declaring his gospel. Start declaring his word. Start declaring that something will get a hold of you. And you begin to fight the good fight of faith. Are y'all with me? Well, Brother Metter, you ain't supposed to say nothing. Really? Go with me to Acts 17. Man, some of y'all need to come out of this service singing, He set me free, whoa, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. Well, I'm glory bound, my Jesus to see. Well, glory to God, He set me free. Now y'all know why I preach and don't sing. Seventeen, 
chapter of Acts. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scripture. Y'all are constantly running into people that don't know the truth. And you will talk to them about the gospel, but yet you won't stand for the truth. Because you're afraid you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Don't tell me I don't know what I'm saying. I know exactly what I'm saying. Don't we? Well, brother, you got to walk in love. How many of y'all believe Jesus Christ was the love of God manifested in the flesh? Do you know there's about a half a dozen places in the Scripture where Jesus offended them? He offended them. Did he not? He offended them by the word that he preached and the things that he said. He offended them. Don't mean he didn't love them. But they had to know the truth to get set free. All, you, you start talking to people about the true gospel of Christ, people can't even tell you what they believe. Well, how'd y'all's church service go the other night? Oh, man, we had church. Really? What happened? Well, sister so-and-so sang, then brother so-and-so sang, then brother and sister so-and-so sang. We shouted and praised God and talked in tongues, and the preacher come out there and preached. What did he preach on? I don't know, but the glory of God come down, and we shouted. Man, we didn't get out of church 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Just had a good shouting, stomp down, running the aisle, praising God time. And can't even tell you what happened. Now, y'all know why folks don't invite me to preach? So I'm going to preach the Word. I'm going to build people on a solid foundation, teach them to pray, seek the face of God, get something inside of them that when they get assailed by the pits of hell, there's something in them to stand. i tell you something, you don't have something in you to stand, you let somebody break your heart. You let somebody rip your spirit wide open. You let somebody gut you. And if you ain't got something in you to stand, you'll give up and quit. You'll back up. But you back up. Don't y'all back up. You hear me? I've been down to the mat with the devil. Had my soul tore up in me. Had my heart rend in me. Man, I, I, I had preachers come against me. One of the greatest hurts I think I ever had is when somebody told me when I come out preaching in 2010 and come out trying to show people about a real experience in God and about being birthed in Christ, that just getting saved wasn't a birthing to bring forth the nature of Christ. And somebody come told me about a year after I started preaching, Brother Thomas, they was taking my DVDs and splicing them and getting young people together to try to show them I was preaching false doctrine. I said, that ain't right. Somebody will pay because young people trust me. Young people, I've got a rapport with them. 
I've got a relationship in God that most of them admire, and I've had them time after time. Brother Matter, help me get a dedication and a consecration and become a vessel that can preach like you. Even if they don't come to church, they respect what God's put in my heart and in my life. But to do something like that, you got to be ungodly. you got to be a snake. you got to be a sorry a human being has ever walked on the face of the earth. When you think your doctrine is so right that you're willing to defame somebody and slander their name to try to keep people from listening to what they're preaching. But you rest assured, God will get the glory. And this is why I'm telling y'all the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God to get this filth and these spirits. Don't tell me you got the Holy Ghost because you talk in tongues. Tell me you got the Spirit of Christ because you've got His nature. This backbiting, undermining, evil, bitterness, envy, strife, jealousy spirit that's in you has changed. And you begin to put on the nature of Christ. Brother Thomas, you, you probably, did you grow up in church? In now? But you've heard people testify. God saved me. I quit drinking. I quit chewing. I quit chasing women. I quit doing all these works of the flesh. But how many people have you ever heard testify that I received the Spirit of Christ and the hatred and the envy and the jealousy and the bitterness was purged out of me? Don't hear it. Don't even hear it today. It's like the Lord told me a few days back, and I think I said it here last week. People used to stand up. You heard it. I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with a good old Holy Ghost. You don't hear that anymore. You know why? People set sanctification aside. You used to get taught, you get saved, you receive the Holy Ghost. The next thing was sanctification. You start praying for God to sanctify you and set you apart from sin and evil and change you and put a new, make you a new creature. Let me tell you something. Just because you quit drinking and smoking and chawing and womanizing and cussing, I don't mean you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me? It's when the life of Jesus begins to manifest itself in your mortal flesh. It's when you start to put on his name. Nature. It's when you start to put on his kindness, his gentleness, his meekness, his tenderheartedness, his forgiveness. And you ain't somebody that goes around ripping and snorting and tearing and ripping people up out of envy and jealousy and strife. Let me tell you something. This is the things God will now deal with. He'll do it. Not that I want judgment to fall on anybody, but I want this mess out of the body of Christ. I want this mess out of the priesthood. Do y'all know there's only two priesthoods? Lord showed me years ago there's only two priesthoods. There's the order of Aaron, which was under the law, and then there's the order of Melchizedek. 
was what Jesus was. How many of y'all believe Jesus is your high priest? Believe he's your high priest? Show me some place in the Bible where he ever performed a priestly duty on earth. You ever read where he performed a priestly duty on earth? No, but when he ascended up into heaven, he walked in behind that veil where only the high priest could go. Took his blood, put it on that mercy seat. And when he did, he obtained eternal redemption for me and you. Walked right out, <laughs> sat down on the right hand of the Father, became the power of God, descended right back to earth, and looked at his disciples and said, Behold, all power in heaven and earth is now given unto me. I'm God in the flesh. I'm God in the flesh. My God, I've ordained. I, I, I paid the price. I, I've whipped Satan in the midst of hell. I, hallelujah. I died for your sins on the cross physically. I, and I died in hell spiritually. I, but I'm now I, born again. And I'm the firstborn among many brethren. I, hallelujah. I'm the first begotten from the dead. I, he, oh my God. I, are y'all hearing me? Is anybody hearing me? I, and when you come to this knowledge, I, something will get down in here and it'll begin to churn. It'll begin to turn and it'll begin to burn and it'll wake up the true living word of God in you. When God knocked Paul off that donkey on the road to Damascus and he spent three days in Damascus blind and Ananias came to him and said, my brother Paul, Saul, he said, the Lord has sent me to pray for you to open your eyes. Paul had been struck blind naturally and when Ananias prayed for him, the scales fell off his eyes naturally God opened that word to him spiritually and everything that Paul knew after the letter of the law became the law of the spirit and God ignited the law of the spirit in him and Paul went and was baptized received the Holy Ghost and began to go out through Damascus and declare this Jesus is the very Christ this man y'all persecuted this man y'all hate this man that they put on the cross in Jerusalem He's the very Christ. And he opened the Psalms and the prophets and began to preach Jesus. Hallelujah. Was the Christ. Oh, glory. And it's time for something to get in your spirit that you're going to declare and start declaring that Jesus is the Christ. My God, I'm going to pray for y'all spiritual lock, y'all, to get healed. Quiet. Silent. We ain't the silent majority no more. <laughs> if I'm going to pay the price for preaching this Christ that I preached, they're going to hear me. If I'm going to have my name cast out as evil and be the scouring scum and the off-scouring of the earth and a reproach, they're going to hear me. <laughs> I'm going to rattle their cage. <laughs> Don't pick a fight with this. This will hurt you. <laughs> this will shut you down. This will shame you. This will show you nakedness. Ain't that what Jesus said? He said, I took the cloak off of them. I showed their nakedness. I showed them how ill-equipped and inefficient they were. He did. 
He took the cloak off of them and showed them to be naked. As far as the gospel. You ever had a dream that you don't have no clothes on or only partially clothed? That means you ain't prepared. <laughs> you ain't clothed right. In Acts 24 and 49, Jesus told them, He said, you tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued. You look that word endued up, that word endued means to be clothed, have wrapped around you. To be clothed. And in 2 Corinthians 5, I believe it is, Paul said, we are in this earthly tabernacle. But if this earthly tabernacle passes, we have a house in the heavens. Are y'all listening to me? He said, not that we desire to be unclothed, but we desire to be clothed upon. We desire to be wrapped up in Jesus. We do desire to be clothed with the Christ. How long are we going to sit still, children? How long are we going to let the world die and go to hell and the church keep teaching false doctrine because we're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings? Hurt them. Offend them. Dispute with them. We still in Acts 17 or did I go somewhere else? We're in the book of Acts, 17th chapter, 16th verse. Y'all with me? Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Man, something ought to stir within y'all when y'all see people bound the way they're bound, especially by false doctrine and religion. They ain't no more than idolatry. About all it is is idolatry. People ain't getting anything real in God. They ain't getting any help. I'm ready to get vicious. <laughs> I'm ready to get vicious. Somebody might ought to buy me that T-shirt. Said this comes with this needs to come with a warning label. Because <laughs> if it can get messy around here. Therefore, disputed he in the synagogue. He done what? Disputed. Disputed. You want me to tell you what that word dispute means? I got here somewhere, y'all. Hold on. Well, I said I did. Thought I did. I don't see it right offhand. may just not be looking back for enough because I, I thought I put it in there, but maybe I didn't. That's all right. Okay. But it means to disagree and to argue. Not, not argue in a sense of just, but it means to state fact and disagree. Brother Metter, are you a disputer? I am one that's against the truth. 
Paul said in one place, he said, I'm set for the defense of the gospel. He said, there's people out there preaching the gospel. Everybody ain't preaching the gospel for the real reason. <laughs> he said, some preach out of contention. Some preach for this, some preach for that. He said, nevertheless, the gospel gets preached. He said, but I'm set for the defense of the gospel. Amen? I'm set for the defense of the gospel. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met with him. So every day, Paul went to that place in Athens where they didn't do nothing except get there to hear something new. He went there every day and disputed with them on their doctrines and teachings and told them the true gospel of Christ and started re revealing the kingdom. I'm not going to ask y'all when's the last time y'all talked to somebody about the Lord. I'm not going to ask you when the last time you d disputed somebody's false teachings. I'm not going to ask you. When's the last time, y'all? <laughs> we got this that God's revealing, and it's sitting right here. We put a lid on it. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Oh, you'd rather they go to hell. You'd rather they believe false doctrine, false teaching. You'd rather they live in bondage and transgression and be bound in sin than you had hurt their feelings. Not me. I'll hurt your feelings. Ask somebody if I'll hurt your feelings. I'll hurt your feelings. But I'll do it trying to save your soul or get you on the right track. I ain't just going to hurt your feelings. But if it'll turn you, if it'll get you seeking God, if it'll get you examining yourselves, I'll hurt your feelings. Jesus hurt their feelings. Paul hurt their feelings. Now, Brother Matter, you got to have love. I do. I love you enough to tear that stupid doctrine you're believing in to shreds and show you where the enemy has got you off track. Y'all remember what I preached last week? Y'all remember when I demonstrated here how the same thing I demonstrated in Alabama? If I point them feet toward that door and I start walking, I'm going to get to that door. But just this much, says Pat. Turn just that much. And start walking. I'm going to miss the mark. Devil ain't worried about you get, getting you out here in big sin. He wants you off the mark. He don't want you praying. He don't want you seeking God. He don't want you studying the Word. He just wants you to go to church and listen to what the preacher has to say. As long as you attend church, pay your tithes and offer, listen to the preacher what to say. Most time, the preacher ain't going to rock the boat. Boy, y'all quiet, Pentecostal folks today. I must be plowing right down the edge of the bean row. <laughs> Getting right close to where folks is living. What's happened to us? Where's our zeal? Where's our passion? Where's our desire? Where's that fight? Paul said, I'm, I'm fighting a good fight. I'm fighting for the faith. 
He wasn't fighting to stay saved. He was fighting to get the faith revealed. He was fighting to get it revealed. What did he say in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to what? To the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations. What strongholds was he fighting against? What a, This false doctrine, these false teachings that have set up strongholds in people's hearts and minds that they can't find a true and a living God. That they can't come into a relationship with the Christ that's alive and real and the power of God is in the church. We have reached the place that people will no longer endure sound doctrine, but they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and we're at that place that we've gotten a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Tell me where the power of God is being revealed. Tell me where the power of God is being revealed and I will shut up preaching this but it's not being revealed in very many lives because very few are fighting for the faith and are taking a stand for the faith and are declaring the truth and are trying to equip you with what you need to go through the hell Satan's going to bring your way and thing by this the Lord's going to sit back and let him he's going to see what you're made out of You know, there ain't very many grammar schools or elementary schools, they call them that now, have football teams. Well, I grew up in one that did. Of course, you know, we had fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. It stopped at sixth grade. Well, when you're in fourth and fifth grade, you can't get on first string because you got sixth graders in there. But we'd always get sued up anyway. If the game was going good, the coach would take us. He said, get in there, boy. Get in there and get some pace knocked off of you and let me see what you're made out of. <laughs> of course, we was young. we get in there. Most of the time, we'd get knocked down on our sitting down place. And we'd come out. After a little while in the game, man, we'd be knocked here, knocked there, knocked down, and rolled over. And... But you better not dare whine. Amen. You better not dare whimper. You better not dare make a comment. Because Coach tells you, shake it off, shut your mouth. <laughs> We've reached a place we need to shake off what the devil's done to us. Let the Spirit of Christ become manifest in these hearts. Are y'all with me? Don't whine because you're in the fire. It goes with the territory. Being put through persecution goes with it. Paul said in Acts 14.22 that through much tribulation we would enter into the kingdom of God. He said in another place, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's going to be more than just telling a little lie on you. They'll try to defame you, ruin your reputation, ruin your walk with God, get you to act out in the flesh. Oh, that's the hardening right there. 
That's the hard one right there. Hold your peace and keep your testimony. When you feel like you're ready to go whoop somebody. It is. It's a hard one. But you can't let somebody provoke you in the flesh to ruin your testimony. Because the Lord told me years ago, He said, you can strive to live for me for 15, 20 years. He said, you can ruin it in one day. You can ruin it in one day. You can let somebody make you mad, get you to step out of line, get you to do something outside the Word of God. And I might have 10,000 miracles, Brother Thomas. People won't remember them 10,000 miracles. But they'll remember that one thing I've done wrong. Won't remember them 10,000 miracles. But let somebody say, you know Brother John Metter? Oh, yeah, let me tell you what I heard. It'll be the negative. It'll be the negative. It'll be the worst report. Won't be all the people got healed, delivered, all the people you've led to the Lord, all the people you've prayed through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, all the people you've counseled, all the people you've helped fight to go possess that good fight of faith. It'll be the one negative. That's just why human nature works. That's the reason we've got to keep ourselves. We've got to get in there and dig and pray and seek God and take a hold of what's been provided for us. Because I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I got victory in Jesus. Amen. I got victory in Jesus. Is the devil going to fight against me? Oh, yeah. He's going to war against me. That's what Paul said. He said, when I desire to do good, I find that there's something there to hinder me. When I desire to do good or when I strive to do good, he, he said, I find there's a law of sin. It's there to hinder me. See, I'm not fighting the devil. He's fighting me. I'm not afraid of the devil. He's afraid of me. The devil's afraid of me. He's afraid of me, Brother Justin. Sister Susie, devil's afraid of you. That's why I'll do everything he can to take you down and take you out. Have y'all read about Jesus and Isaiah? Man of sorrow. Acquainted with grief. You know, I told people one time, I said, I heard y'all just a little while before I took service, and everybody was standing up singing, To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. Oh, that's all I want. Is to be like him. I said, really? Y'all want to be a man of sorrow? Acquainted with grief. Y'all want to be lonely? Y'all want to come to preach to God's people? The Bible said he came unto his own and his own received him not. So if you ain't willing to drink his cup, and walk out loneliness and heartache and sorrow. To be cast down. Persecuted. Ridiculed. Perplexed. If you ain't willing. To walk as he walked. Don't get in your prayer closet and say Lord use me. <laughs> I know I'm called Lord. 
Show me my ministry. Use me. God, whatever it is you got for me, help me possess it. And then when everything rushes in on you, you get out and pray, say, God, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I don't understand, Lord. Why I'm dealing with some of the things I'm dealing with. You asked for it. Yeah, you did. When you said, Lord, use me. Make me a vessel that you can live in. Make me a vessel that I can help people. That your anointing and power will live in. Make me a vessel. If you don't mean it, don't pray it. Because I'm telling you, this thing fixing to explode. Fixing to explode. And ain't going to be no lid put on it once it explodes. This thing ever gets out of the box, it's gone. I'm telling you, it's gone. And God's getting some people ready to send them forth. Amen. He's getting some people ready. That's the reason some of you... You ever look up and just say, why me, Lord? I ain't done nothing to people. Won't they just leave me alone? I have. Won't they just leave me alone? What have I done? There's people, Brother Thomas, I don't even know that don't like me. People I've never even seen hate me and hate what they've heard about me. And they don't even know who I am. Wouldn't know me. If they saw me face to face, says Susie. And I have honestly asked people, you ever heard about that preacher, Brother John Matter? <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that sorry low down good for nothing. Let me tell you what I heard about him. Didn't know who I was and just start. And I let him go on a couple of minutes. I say, really? Yeah. You know him? No, but I've heard plenty about him. What would you say your name was? Well, I'm Brother So-and-so. Well, I'm Brother John Metter. Watch the color go out of their face. <laughs> I said, Brother Metter, you wouldn't. Oh, yes, I will, and I have, and I'll do it again. Time to get the tongue. What did the Bible say in James about the tongue? Set on fire. A world of iniquity. Little member. Kindle a great big fire. The only thing that can tame the tongue is the Spirit of Christ. And this is the church is teaching people. Ain't the Spirit of Christ. We've got to have the Spirit of Christ revealed. Amen. I hope you all will take these notes and study them because there's a lot in them. And I don't know if she got to do last week's or not. But you know, Jude, in the third verse in Jude, there's only one chapter. He said, when I found it necessary to write unto you about the common salvation, he said, I found it needful to exhort to you that you would earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. 
The faith that we're hearing is not what was delivered to the saints. It's not. It's part truth. It's part truth. But you know, I showed y'all last week where in the first chapter of Galatians, Paul said, I'm amazed, I marvel at y'all how some of y'all are so soon, so easily removed from the gospel. Which is not the gospel. Which is not another gospel. But some would pervert the gospel. In other words, you're going to take the pure, clean, holy gospel and you're going to pervert it to meet your lifestyle. And Paul said, if any man or anyone come preaching any other gospel unto you than what I've declared unto you, let him be accursed. He can be an angel from heaven. You better listen to what's been preached to you. Because God confirms this word. He backs it up. He backs it up. I'm not boasting. I'm not pinning any roses on myself. But everything God's ever taught me about the gospel, I've preached it. And I've tried to bring people forward. Does the devil not like it? Oh no, he don't like it. But you stick with this. God going to bring you through. Amen. Because I'm building people on the foundation of the apostle and prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And Brother Michael was preaching the other night. I was at church Wednesday night, but I just, I didn't preach. I just exhorted a little bit at the end of the service. And he was talking about John the Baptist. And he said, John didn't have any mighty miracles. But he said, if I remember right, John was a prophet. You know why Jesus called John a prophet? Because he showed the church where it needed to go. The prophets, the eyes of the church. And John come pointing the church to the kingdom, or pointing God's people to the kingdom. He didn't have to have great miracles to be a prophet. Just because you can prophesy don't make you a prophet. Some people think because oh, they got a little gift of prophecy, they're a prophet. No. For you to be a prophet, God reveals mysteries and secrets to you. And you speak it and you give the church direction. Then the apostle preaches the doctrine to establish the church. So we've got to have the apostle and the prophets. Prophet don't have to come lay hands on you and prophesy to you. I had some people come to church years back, and first time I'd ever met them, they introduced themselves, and I said, well, where y'all go to church? They said, well, our, our son has a church over in such a town about 20 miles from here. I said, really? How long have you been preaching? They said, oh, about six, seven years. I said, I ain't got no business trying to pastor. They looked at me, said, really? I said, ain't got no business trying to pastor. I ain't got the experience. Don't even know these called a pastor. But you ain't going to have the experience to pastor in those six, seven years. My God, I'd preached 22 years, full-time evangelism, been around the world on the mission field, and seen God do every kind of notable miracle you could think of and had a relationship with God. And when God put me to pastor, and I had to ask God if he knew what he was doing. 
Because I run up on some things that wasn't pretty. And y'all can say what you want to and, and people in Alabama, but there's some religious devils in Alabama I ain't never faced anywhere else. Now, I may run up on them again, but there's some religious spirits over there I ain't never found anywhere else in my 44 years of my walk with God, and that's bad. When people can live like they want to live and say and do what they want to do and still think they're all right with God, that's one of the most wicked religious spirits and self-righteous spirits in that part of the country I've ever seen. But the Lord told me, he said, I'm fixing to pull it down. God fixing to pull it down. He fixed to pull it down everywhere. Why? The time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And you fix and see preachers that their lives ain't in order. God dealing with them. God dealing, he dealing with them now. And he going to keep dealing with them till he has him a clean ministry. He going to purify the sons of Levi. He going to purge them. He going to set as a refiner's fire and a fuller soap. He's going to get the filth out of the ministry. Because as long as there's filth in the ministry, church ain't going nowhere. It won't go nowhere. It won't go nowhere. So, Brother Mary, what do you want to see God do? Come forth in righteousness. And righteousness has to be right here. Through Christ living in us, that's where our righteousness comes from. But God's people live under a yoke of discouragement, condemnation, Disappointment. Bible says in Romans the 8th chapter, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You're not going to serve God and live under condemnation. And a lot of people do. We're always condemned, beat down, discouraged, and fighting to stay saved. And that's wrong. I've said, I, I guess I've coined a phrase, but I'll say it again. Not on my watch. <laughs> Not on my watch. Ain't happening. Because I don't teach no such junk. I don't, and I won't, and I will not. Because it's wrong. It's religious doctrine that's got people bound. And people need to be set free. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is a rest in Jesus that no matter what, what's going on, you'll have peace. And people, there's so many God's people ain't never found that rest. I believe God's bringing me and my wife into that rest and into that peace. I do. We don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next, but we got peace. We got peace. We got peace. If you don't have peace, you need to come unto Jesus. That's what he said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'm not talking about with burdens. I'm talking about people are laboring and they're heavy laden just trying to keep a salvation experience. It's wrong. He said, learn of me. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Ain't that what he said? He said, you come unto me. He said, I'll give you rest for your souls. We got to have rest. We got to have peace. 
I'll labor for the kingdom. I'll pray, I'll fast, I'll seek the face of God, but I am not going to labor just to make myself feel like I'm saved. Because it's done paid for. That's the finished work of Christ. That's the finished work of Christ. The devil's destroyed. That's the finished work of Christ. Are we going to deal with plenty of things? Yeah, but we're going to learn to have peace. He said, in the world you have tribulation. He said, me, you shall have peace. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. You appreciate the Lord today? Have you enjoyed this word? Hopefully it's put something in your soul. But you've got to learn to fight to get this faith established. I'm not going to fight. Like I said, I'm not going to fight. Try to stay saved, have a salvation experience. But if you stand on the Word, the enemy will always make a mistake. But, you got to recognize your enemy. And you got to learn their tactics. Because they will come after you. The enemy come after Paul. You know, everybody preaches on Ephesians 6 about put on the whole armor of God. That ain't so you can be saved. That's so you can take it out there and, and help establish the faith. That armor ain't there for you to put on that you can feel like you're saved. It's there for you to fight the good fight of faith with. Amen. Amen. And I've told this story a lot of times over the years. And, but you mark my words. You find out who you are in Christ, the devil will always make a mistake somewhere. And when he does, he'll get his hide tore up. When I was probably, I know I was in grammar school, so probably eight, nine, ten years old. This elderly man, he had a horse drawn wagon. And he used to come up through the alley in the housing where we lived because there was a time we had to live in public housing. And he'd come up through that alley and he'd have that thing loaded down with fresh vegetables. And he'd holler, Market man! You could hear him block away. And, of course, it's always easier to go buy from him than it was to go to the grocery store. Because he had about everything you need. Didn't have no meat or nothing, just fresh vegetables. But he had a little old dog that run with him. And that dog, sometimes he'd get out, you know, and get yards, and he'd mosey around. and He never seemed to stray very far away. But this one day, he got out too far. Heard a pack of dogs just a barking and a howling and a growling and a snapping and buddy here he come. Just as hard as my little old legs would carry him. He had about three or four big old dogs right on his heels. And they was chasing him for everything they were. He was running for his life. He got that wagon. He run up on them horses' hooves and run up on that wagon. He was at home. And them big old dogs made the mistake following him up on that wagon. 
And he whipped every one of them and sent them running out on that wagon with their tails between their legs, whining and yarting. You know why? He's on home turf. Don't get out there and fight the devil on his territory. You won't win. Stay on home turf. Stay on home turf. I've had some fights. I've been through some wars. I tell people sometimes, you could see me in the spirit. Y'all see these soldiers got all these ribbons and medals and just plastered all over. I said, if y'all could see me in the spirit, it's what I am. I'm a veteran. 44 years. A lot of wars, a lot of foreign wars, a lot of fights. But my God's brought me through every one of them. And see, I'm learning. God just started putting this in my... I don't have to worry about the devil. Just hold on to the word at rest in peace. Rest in peace. Amen. Rest in peace. That good friend of mine, that brother I'd known since the 70s, some of y'all had met him. He had been to our church in Alabama, Brother Dawson. You knew he passed away. Well, he passed, but last Sunday evening, but... I don't think they done him right, but to me they starved him to death. But that's something God will have to handle. Probably 90 years old, 89, 90 years old, and I knew him since the 70s when I got saved. And that man totally was committed to winning souls. You talk about somebody that lost everything. He lost his family. He lost everything he had in the natural. But I'm going to tell you something. You couldn't be around anybody with a more gentle spirit and a more loving heart than what that man was. And he wouldn't be around you for five minutes. And if he was around people he didn't know, he'd look at them. Do you know who Jesus is? I mean, we had him come preach at the church several years back. And... I went down the motel checking him in. I'd known the lady there for 10 years. She used to work with my mama at the Christian bookstore. And Brother Dawson was standing there, and I was getting him checked in. He probably wasn't there five or six minutes. He looked over at that lady and said, Do you know who Jesus is? Have you had an experience with him? Is he real in your life? And I said, God, I've known the lady 10 years, and I never asked her the first time. You couldn't meet. He couldn't meet a stranger. I mean, all over the world. He bought an old motel down in Mexico out of Monterey back in the 60s. And when I met him in the early 70s, they said he'd done trained over a 1,000 missionaries. And he'd done that all over the world. Everywhere God gave him the vision, he'd go buy a building. Or, and him, 89 going on 90 years old, he just got back from Italy trying to raise the money to buy a building over to open another missionary training school. Now that's a heart after God. But y'all keep his family in prayer. But it, it really hurt my heart. It did. It hurt my heart. Because he was a laborer for the kingdom. Laborer for the kingdom. Gentle soul. Great man. This world lost a a warrior and a laborer. But he fought for the faith with everything in him. 
And that's what we need to do. We don't need to fight just try to stay safe. There's something wrong with your relationship with God if you've got to fight to stay safe. We're supposed to be fighting to get this faith established in people. Does that make sense to y'all? Do y'all agree with what I'm saying? There's a spirit got on God's people that they walk defeated, they walk discouraged, they walk beat down. It's got to change. It's up to me and you. It's up to me and you. Amen. It's up me and you. Let's fight for the faith. Amen. Will you go to prayer with me? Father, I thank you for the working of your Spirit, for the leading of the Holy Ghost. And I ask, Lord, that you take this Word. You give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Let this word have free course. Let get down inside of us. That your name can be honored and glorified and lifted up. In Jesus' name. Amen. I've enjoyed this service today. I hope y'all have. Because if the devil can stop you, he'll stop you. He will. He don't care. He don't care. He'll make everybody you love turn against you. He will. That's the devil. The devil knows where to get you. He knows your weak spot. The devil ain't going to hit you in your strong spot. Y'all ever heard when you try to break a chain, you break it at the weak link. You don't break it where it's strong. You try to find a weak link in the chain. That's where you break it. You get rooted and grounded in Christ, there ain't no weak links. <laughs> Amen. I appreciate the Lord. I'm going to ask y'all to help us with your finances. And some of y'all know we found us a trailer spot right up the road here. Well, we think we found us a trailer. Thank you. All right. Glad to have my grandkids with me today. Don't get to have them with us much. But we think we found us a trailer. We're having it checked out, see if it's going to work. But we need your help. So I need you to stand with the church and do what's right. Honor the Lord with your tithe. If you got something you can help us with personally, please do that. Because we have stepped out really on nothing but faith. I mean, that's it. I talked to the man that took over my business the other day and we hadn't had any money out of the business in three weeks and I asked him I said ain't you done nothing he just stood there brother Thomas I saw it in his eyes he just flat out lied to me I said God's in your hands I ain't gonna get upset at him that's as good as the devil won't be get upset at him say something wrong do something wrong because I'm gonna tell you something I got a testimony in Alabama people know me to be right and they know me to be true and they know me to stand for righteousness they're going to know me in Georgia, too. There are a lot of people up here in this area. I preached up here in my tents, all up through Dalton and all around that area down there. I've had tent revivals in Calhoun and all down through them areas down there. They know what I stand for. They know what I stand for. Ella J. Had two good meetings in Ella J. That's where I found my battle buddy over here. 
Sister Susie. God brought her under the tent in 99. A lot of people got healed and delivered in 98 and 99. And Jasper, big, meeting a lot of miracles, a lot of deliverance. Some of these people going to start coming. They're going to start coming. Amen. They're going to start coming. Because we're going to have a church now that they can come to. I got tired of winning souls and not having a church to take people and point them to. So we got one now. We're going to fill it up and run it over. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Please be obedient to the Lord today. Do what's right in God's eyes. That's all I ask you. Do what's right in God's eyes. Stand if you got some for the church. It's over here on this side. You got something you want to help me with? It's over here on this side. So come on right now. Hallelujah. I've enjoyed this service. Thank you, man. Love you, son. God bless you, young lady. Okay. Bless you. Thank you, Lord. All right. Love you, man. Good to see y'all. You know, somebody got to stand for the faith. Y'all know that? Somebody got to stand for the faith. Because people don't ever hear anything preached other than what they've heard. They ain't going to know whether they're right or wrong. How many of y'all believe that? Sometimes you just got to dispute. There are about three or four places in there where Paul disputed with them. I'm not going to argue with anybody, but I will dispute their doctrine. And I will tell them what it, but you got to know what you believe. Now, I know what I believe. You believe I know what I believe, Sister Pat? I, do. I know what I believe. I know the Word, and i got the Word to back me up. I'm not going to argue with nobody, but I will stand for the truth. Amen. Have you done what's right in God's eyes? See, He's the one that sees. Amen. He's the one that sees. It's not up to me what you do. But if you don't obey God, sometimes you can make it hard on me. But if you do obey God and do what's right in His eyes, then every need's going to be met. It's just the way I look at it. Let's ask God to bless this. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask you to bless this offering, Lord. God bless it according to your word, according to the spirit of faith, according to how they give, Lord, and the spirit they gave in. Let your name be honored and glorified and lifted up. And we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We get an amen back there from my amen corner. She'll be with us. We'll get ready to go somewhere in the car. And, and if I forget to pray, she'll say, Y'all stop and pray, Granny. So we'll stop and pray. And I said, You going to pray with me? No. But you let me get to the end of it. And I'll say, In Jesus' name, she'll say, Amen. It's all right. The Bible said, Train up a child. Amen. You love the Lord. And the uh, homecoming is May 15th. 15th. Ain't far away. And so invite folks. I'm not going to preach these mysteries and revelations. 
be pointless. But I am going to preach Jesus. Preach his healing, his salvation, his deliverance. Now, I believe I'm looking for a lot of folks to get help. But I need y'all to pray with me and pull with me. And I need y'all to pray God work it out financially. We can get this trailer where we can get up here. Man, I so want to be up here. Because if I'm up here, I'll be in prayer meeting. Monday nights and Thursday nights. and I'll be in service at Victory Hollow on Saturday nights. I'll be up here. I'll be ready to labor. I'll be ready to work. If y'all have Bible study, I might show up at Bible study. You just can't ever tell about me. Ma'am, can I hold beans? I know how. I definitely know how. I know how to hold beans. I know how to milk a cow. I know how to plow a mule. I know how to get the job done. Amen. So, we need your prayers, and we need your obedience. Because we want God to do what, and we're just. Trying to find the mind and will of God. But I feel like it's time for us to get up here and start laboring for this church. Somebody walked into Fort Payne Church the other night and they said, My God, Brother Metter, we didn't know you was in town. I said, I've told y'all, you better behave yourself. You don't ever know where I'll turn up. <laughs> and that's the truth. You don't ever know where I'll turn up. I mean, I'm liable to knock on your front door. You'd be going through the hardest trial and the greatest fight, and you'd be fighting discouragement and aggravation and vexation, and I'd love to just knock on your front door. You just can't ever tell about me. I'd do my best to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. All hearts and minds clear. Does anybody need prayer? I've enjoyed this service. I wish people, I pray people get in here and get on this Word and get something in their spirit. Hallelujah. I'll just let my son come on and dismiss. I appreciate having him and his wife with us today. And you know, everybody, they look at him and they hear him preach and they hear him pray and they say, Brother Matter, he's just like you. Let me tell you, he may sound like me, but he's got his own call. Don't pressure him. And I know a lot of people do because you mind they pressure. Don't pressure that to be something he's not. And he will tell you, I've never pressured him in a relationship with God. I've never pressured him in anything this past. I want him to find his place in God. I don't want him under pressure trying to be like me. And I don't want people pressuring him to be like me. Because this is a hard calling to walk. And what God's put me in. And sometimes hold my head upright. And do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Because it don't make you many friends. Make you a lot of enemies. Is that right, Brother Thomas? Because people talk about you and they ain't got no reason to talk about you. We're glad to have Sister Pack, right? Sister Betty. Glad to have her with us. It's only been a couple years back. They thought she was going to die. Had an aneurysm hit her brain in the hospital, and we prayed and sent her a prayer cloth. And, man, she just, like that, God turned it around. So, God is real. We're glad to have you. Appreciate you coming. And I just want to see people get in here and possess what God has for them. Amen. Amen. Let's possess what God has for us.
And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to turn it over to my son. But I preached my first seven-day revival back in 1977. Up then, I just preached part-time. 78, I got a tent, went out on the field. But 77, I walked out, took a service. Church full. I was right down here in Dalton, Georgia. I don't know if y'all remember Brother G.A. Hamby, but he had a church down there. And I walked out on that platform in 1977 to preach Brother Hamby's church. And I mean good craft. And when I walked out there, I heard the voice of Satan speak to me. He said, what are you doing here? He said, you ain't got nothing to give these people. And I froze because I didn't have the experience. I froze. And he spoke to me again. He said, why don't you just tell these people you ain't going to preach, you ain't going to possess your call, you ain't going to fight no more. He said, just tell them you're tired of the fight. Just tell them you quit. They can go on home. I stood there froze, says Susie. I didn't have any experience. I didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, something rose up in my spirit, and the Spirit of God rose up in me. And I told the devil in my spirit, I said, I wouldn't give you the satisfaction. I wouldn't give you the satisfaction knowing you had won. I said, I'll beat your hide off of you all the days my feet walks on this earth. And I made him a promise. And I'm doing my best to keep it. I will tear his kingdom down. And I will bring souls in. And I will fight to get people equipped to deliver this generation. Do you love the Lord? Give him a good clap offering. Come on, sir. Praise God. Amen. Everybody glad to be here this morning? So I know I'm glad that we were able to be here. And I'm glad, you know what? I, I don't know how far I'll go into this, but I am glad that God has set me free some, from some things. Amen. I mean, really, you know, not necessarily in this service today, but just over this past week, God has really just shown me things, Sister Pat, about just how bound down we get because of pressure you know it just comes down to pressure that binds us up and when we get under pressure brother thomas we don't feel like we are good enough or we don't feel like let me let me put it this way we don't feel like the prayer that we can bring to god or anything is the offering the sacrifice whatever is not good enough and so therefore we feel pressure that we have to do something more and by doing that we then begin getting into something that's not true we get into something that's fake, something that's uh, manifested, something you know, something we have to make. We have to work it up. We got to work it up. We got to make it be a way that we think is pleasing to God. And Matthew 11, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He didn't say come unto me with what you think I want. He said just come unto me. Amen. He just said come to me. He didn't say make something happen he said come to me and i will give you rest you know because a yoke is not hard unless you pull against it that's the only time a yoke is hard because if you're going the same way that the leader's going the yoke ain't hard you don't even know you got the yoke you're just going amen you just got it but if you're trying to pull against the yoke that's when it becomes hard that's when it becomes weighty 
And that's when you begin to lose your power because you're always fighting, always fighting exactly what he preached about, always fighting to get the victory, Sister Susie, always fighting to stay saved, always, man, we're, we're in this intense struggle against Satan and we're always fighting. Man, we're always fighting. He's, until the day comes to when God gives us the victory, we're always fighting. That's not, that's not it. That's not the way it's supposed to be. But that's the way we paint this picture. Always got to fight. Always the underdog. You know? I mean, and people do it all the time. There are, I mean, there are ministries to where it is taught. You always got to press. Y'all, and we do have to press. I'm not taking back away from the press. But there's a type of press that God puts you in. And then there's a type of press you put yourself in. Amen? Because you can put yourself in a press. And you can make yourself press. And you can make yourself be pushed to the limits. But if God's not requiring... I mean, does that make any sense? If God doesn't lead you to that press, then what are you pressing for? What are you actually accomplishing other than just works? Amen? Because if God leads you to the press, it's going to be by the Spirit. And so therefore, something in the Spirit will take place. And that's where we've just got to get back to just being sincere and real and true. You know, if we catch ourselves being under pressure, just say, Lord, forget it. Just tell me. (laughs) You know, just, I mean, I don't know if I can make this make sense. I'm just trying to be as plain as I can be. Because you know what? Sometimes we say, I'll say it. Maybe you won't admit it. I say, God, forget it. It's too hard to do it this way. What do you want? (laughs) And just let me have the truth. Amen? I mean, really. Come on. Have you ever just been like, man, this is too hard to do it this way? And you don't even realize you're trying to do anything. That's the problem. We don't realize a lot of times that we're trying to do anything. And he's just like, well, I never told you to do that. Just be honest. Amen? Just be honest. Just be sincere. That's what I've always, anytime that we have had a youth in our church, Question people always ask, everybody. They always ask, well, teach us how to pray. And me and Whitney have, you know, when we had youth in Fort Payne, we did our best, and you know what? We taught them, man, we went in Scripture, and we taught all this stuff. And, you know, we did it over the course of several weeks. And finally, you know what we just told them? And I told them this throughout, but I finally just told them at the end, again, just to emphasize, I said, you know what's the best way to learn how to pray? Just tell the truth. Just tell God the truth. You ain't got to figure anything out. You just got to tell him the truth. Because the truth shall make you free. Amen? Not just God's truth. But if you don't tell the truth, you can't see God's truth. Amen? Really. We can't see it if we don't tell it. First step to being 12-step program. Admitting you got a problem. And if you don't tell the truth, you, ain't, you don't know you got a problem. Amen? So just tell God the truth. I'm tired of being this way. And he may say, get over it. (laughs) Or he may say, I know. And let me lift that burden off you. Amen? Because, well, I'm not going to go too much further, but it goes both ways. Sometimes he'll say, let me take that burden off you. And then another time he'll say, get over it because you got another burden on you, sympathy and pity. You got to get that one off you. Amen? It works both ways. And if you don't tell the truth and you don't get into the truth, you're never going to know which one it is. And sometimes, I mean, that's it. When you, when you don't know where to start, start from the beginning. God, 
help my pitiful soul sometimes. Amen? Because we make it harder than it should be. We really do. Too many things make it harder than, than it should be. And that's not what he ever came to do. So I'm thankful, amen, to be here. I'm thankful to be free. And I'm thankful not to have a care in the world. Amen? Yeah, we got some fighting to do to get this gospel spread. But man, I feel good in my soul. Amen? I feel good in my soul. I don't feel one bit defeated. I don't feel one bit bound. I don't feel one bit overcome. Sister Susie, I feel like I am going to tear the head off the devil and make him like it. Maybe that's a cliche phrase, but whatever. Amen? Sometimes we just got to not worry about it. Amen? Too many burdens. Too many burdens. Amen? But God, I believe, He's given us the key to freedom today if we will take it. We don't have to be in a defeated mindset. It's all about the mind. And while the uh, pastor was talking a minute ago, it just really came to my spirit. He said, you know what? The only reason that we really have opposition is because we have in a way our mind of what it should be. If you don't have an idea in your mind of what it should be, then you've got no opposition telling you it's not like it should be. Does that make sense? So if we just, all right, well, oh Lord, this is what it is. So be it. So let's walk through it. But instead, we try to push it to a place that it should be. Amen. Instead of just letting it be as it is. Amen. Praise God. Let's just bow our heads and be dismissed. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit today. The way that you have moved and you have taught and exhorted, Lord, through your through your vessels, God, through our pastor. We thank you, Father, for what you are doing in this church, God. I truly see growth in every person. I get to listen to the services each week, and I thank you, God, for what I hear, God, and I thank you, God, for how they edify me, Lord, when they speak. God, I'm asking you, Lord, that you take every person in this church, God, you bless the word that you put in them. God, multiply the word, Father. Lord, let it bring forth, God, everything that you want, Father, here in LJ and in Fort Payne. God, bless us, God, with unity and fellowship, Father. God, we just give you praise, God, from the depths of my soul. God, I am thankful, Lord, that we are in the house of God and that you have laid a foundation, Lord, for us here to receive the truth. God, we ask that you overshadow us and keep us, Lord, the rest of this day. Direct our path, God, and let us have a boldness, Father, God, to enter into this kingdom, Lord, just God as it was in the book of Acts chapter 4, Lord, when the people were opposed, they gathered together and they prayed and the place was shaken. God, let that, God, grip our hearts. Father, we magnify and give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen.